Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Jason Tucker, and this is WP Water Coolers, WP Blab. Today's episode is episode number 57, and tonight's topic is the nuts and bolts of effective WordPress business blogging with somebody named Jen Miller. Before we talk to Jen Miller, let's be rude and introduce ourselves. Bridget, how are you doing today? Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm doing great. I am the marketing manager for Give, and we have a brand new YouTube channel, so go subscribe, Give WP, find us, and uh, I'll appreciate that. Also, Links will be in the show notes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, so we separated that out, so that was my project this week. That was really fun, making a channel from scratch, and... And so um, this year is all about video for us. So awesome. we're excited. Awesome. Yeah, it's so yesterday. Like, uh, uh, you know, uh, video. Well, we Come did on. our blogging last year. Last year we published 91 pieces of content on GiveWP.com. Wow, that's crazy. Yep. And so this year we're focusing on video and attending WordCamps. Sweet. Yep. Thanks for that, Bridget. I'm Jason Tucker. You can find me over at jasontucker.blog, and I also tweet a whole bunch of stuff over at Jason Tucker. Um, I work at churches. I take care of uh, all sorts of fun stuff with IT, and um, yeah, that's the type of stuff that I do. So go over to jasontucker.blog and take a look at all the fun stuff that I do over there. Um, we have some folks in our chat room that are going to be helping us out with um, our our Google Doc. We do um, we do crowd kind of crowdsourcing all of our uh, show notes and stuff. So I want to say thank you very much for all those folks. At the end, I'll be sure to mention your names and tell you how awesome you are. We really appreciate everything you do for us. So now that we're no longer being rude, how about you, Jen? Tell us a little bit about you. Okay, my name's Jen Miller. I have a company called Need Someone to Blog, as you mentioned, or you didn't mention, I don't think. And nope. I'm known as a blogger. I blog for businesses throughout the world. And we help them get found online and really develop their reputation as a resource and an authority for their clients. Nice. That's awesome. You know, both both Bridget and our are friends of Jen's. Uh, we've uh, we've you know hung out with her, had dinner with her. We've uh, gone to word camps with her, uh, various uh, local meetups and that sort of thing. And she's super active in all of this stuff. Um, but one of the things that, that kind of um, really kind of, uh, you know, makes me appreciate the stuff that you do is that you do a lot with uh, women in WordPress and with the women in WP group. Can you tell us a little bit about that real quick? Absolutely. Um, so we started Women Who WP in March or April of last year. Um, we had our first meeting just as a kind of on a lark. Will this work? Um, is there a need for women to meet in a place where they can just kind of talk freely and approach WordPress in a different way? And um, because although we love the meetups that we go to and the you know WordPress events that we are a part of just seemed like there was an opportunity for women to dialogue a little differently together and have conversation and enjoy dinner over WordPress or WordPress <laughs> over dinner <laughs> and so um, we decided to start Women Who WP so that we could Try that out, and it's been amazing, Jason. We were on Blab, I think, in the very beginning, right? Like one or two weeks into um, this whole thing, and yep. uh, and Jason, you were one of our first male speakers that came. You were yeah. our first male speaker, actually. Yep. Uh, but 
We've learned so much as a group on so many different topics uh, because we meet monthly at a meetup. And we also have our nonprofit, which is kind of forwarding our cause. We're trying to generate income to help with the soft cost of WordCamps for women locally and globally. So that's that's part of what we're trying to do. Uh, the when we went to LA WordCamp, we of course had told all of our members, and a bunch of them had come. And I had people who are historically known in WordPress who've been coming to WordCamps for you know five, six years, come up to me and say, "Jen, this is amazing. We have we have at least half of the people here are women." And I don't think I've ever seen this in a WordCamp. And when I heard that, I you know, in our local market, I realized what we're doing is working. Yeah. Making women feel that WordPress is more approachable. And that's what we're trying to do. Nice. Well, that's awesome. I know that wasn't what we brought you in to, to discuss, but I think I think it it it's kind of speaks volumes to um, the type of work that you're doing and then how you're able to kind of you know, harness that and then bring it into either a project or an event or or topics that you're going to have to write or write about for your clients. So let's talk a little bit about those clients and how people would like, how would somebody approach you to start blogging for them or how would they, yeah, how would they start? How would they approach you to start blogging for them? Let's kind of uh, go with that and see where, where that leads us. Okay. Before I go in that, can I explain to you how I, how I personally knew there was a need for definitely because uh, I just, I think that this kind of plays into the whole thing. It also talks a little bit about what I do too. Um, I have a large team of writers that work for me and most of us um, started or are continuing to work from home. And it's because we have small children or we have a life situation that keeps us from being able to have a full-time job in the regular workplace. But we're still people with advanced degrees and life goals and we want to make a difference um, a lot of the women who work for me are in that exact situation and so they're able to use their intelligence and kind of spark their interest at the same time while they're blogging for our clients because they research before they write and so it's a stimulating job but it's something that if they need a part-time job it can be part-time if they need it on a full-time scale then we ramp it up and so it's really that's I saw firsthand that there was a need for more of a community connection for these people who are really working remotely for the right. most right. And so that's that's the other part of women who WP. But as a business owner, because of the people who work for me, I saw our life situations and realized, hey, this is something where we can deliver impact and um, and kind of spread more of a message. And you know, Bridget, Bridget, you're also involved in it, yes. and you you have tons of stuff going on with that, and taking your marketing skills, taking your abilities to get out there and talk and share and do all this all the stuff that you do at work. You're also able to do that, you know, in um, you know, for the for this particular group. So I know I really applaud both of you for taking the time to kind of build this thing out and figure out what's going to work best for you. And then what's going to work best for your group? So well, and when and when we started as three with uh, Elizabeth Schilling, Jen, and I, we had a marketer, a business owner, and a dev. So we had kind of the gamut 
strategically right. we chose that so that we could all speak to those parts of the audience because women don't just blog we have women devs and women but still a marketer is still a valuable person in the wordpress community too and not to totally derail it but i think that that's that's one of the things i think is that wordpress is really great about is giving people the opportunity because uh, women historically are caretakers and so the fact that we can work from home is pretty amazing so um yeah and i know that um jen hires a lot of um a lot of different kinds of uh skilled labor for that don't, don't you also uh have teenagers that write for you i have they're older teenagers but yeah i have um and most of them actually start with helping to build out websites and then graduate to the writing as they start to learn SEO principles and and can write with knowledge. You know, we have a training, we have a course, we put them through the course and and um, and I work with them one on one until I feel they're ready to start blogging. And then I have an editor in place who, you know, goes through every piece of content and makes sure that uh, we're hitting the right keywords, we're doing them in the right amount, we're, uh, the language of the post reflects the voice of that blog. And so that's, that's kind of backing into, Jason had said, how do your clients find you? Um, a lot of times clients find us because of word of mouth. Mm -hmm. And it's because we have clients who've been very happy with that voice that we've been able to put on their blog, which is hopefully an extension of them. That's what we try to do. Uh, so that that way they will feel um, comfortable sharing their blog, but also so that their clients will recognize who they are and what they're about when they actually meet them face to face. Because that happens with a lot of our clients is uh, we've even had people walking down the street who are approached because their picture looks like them and they say, oh, you're the one who puts out that event newsletter with the microblog. You know, tell me more about it. Uh, or are you going to be at such and such? I saw it on your blog. And so our customers really feel invested in what we're publishing. And a lot of them have told me that they learn about what's going on in their community. If it's a community blog or they learn about their industry from the things that we're researching and publishing for them. So that's, wow. that's really fun. Um, people find us in a variety of ways. Word of mouth, as I said, is a big one. Uh, we get a lot of referrals from existing clients and from friends and people who know what we do. Uh, my email address is Jen Miller at need someone to blog. You know, it says my name and what I do. <laughs> uh, whenever I go to a meetup, I have to introduce myself from need someone to blog and everyone understands what that is now. Uh, five years ago, maybe not so much. Three years ago, a little bit, but people would come up after and say, I don't understand. What do you do? <laughs> and now I don't even have to explain it. Everyone knows because blogging has become something that most businesses do. Right. Uh, the other way that people get to us is through search engines. Um, we kind of dominate um, <laughs> as concerned, but it, whether it's voice search or um, typing, you know, in a search engine, we, if you type in need someone to blog, um, if you're looking for a blogger, we have a tendency to be the first, second, third, fifth, tenth result. You know, so you can go down the page and you just keep seeing things from us. And 
that's how I get a lot of people coming in through my website with either an email request on our contact form or through um, a phone call or I have chat on there and so sometimes I'll get involved in a chat based on that also social media is big for us uh, and you know knowing influencers like Bridget Willard and yeah. Jason Tucker you know <laughs> you guys share something and and more people suddenly know who we are and so yep. it's it's a beautiful place to be because a lot of the world is intrigued by the blog if they're not doing it and if they are doing it they know how much work it is and so right. they want to have the dialogue of how can you help me to be more consistent how can you help me to have results how can I get a return on my blog yeah and and that, that was one of the reasons why I asked you that question was because a lot of the times people that are looking for somebody to do the work for themselves because they just don't know how to do it and they're looking for hey, who who is it that can do this and then they start digging around and then they find some website who for whatever reason ranked well in the misspelling of the word blog and you know they found the site and they're like hey so i want to know how to do this thing and then you look on their website and the that company or that you know that that, that company doesn't even have a good blog that company right. doesn't have a great seo presence that company doesn't know how to share things online they don't know how to do any of these things but they just go like, oh, well, this is the first result that I found, so I'm going to click this, and then I'm just going to, you know, throw money at them, and hopefully they'll be able to do this. So, <laughs> you know, I, if I were to go and try to hire, you know, Jen's company or Jen or or anybody like this, I would look to see, you know, are these people doing well themselves? Do they know how to blog? Yes. Do they know how to write this stuff? Do they know how to post stuff on social media? If they don't know how to do any of these things, there's no way that they're they're going to do well for you because. They're, they themselves aren't finding good clients and good view, viewers and visitors or any of those sorts of things. So tell and us a little bit about, advice, about that. Though. Let me just say, that is good advice. Coming from somebody who doesn't write or blog or any of that. <laughs> you know, Jason, because the thing is that this happens a lot with social media people and bloggers because yep. they'll go to hire somebody and they want to pay somebody $15 an hour to do their social media. You know what happens when you pay somebody $15 an hour to do the social media? You, you get fifteen dollar an hour social media, <laughs> exactly. Right, and so you've got to look at the other people's accounts, and that's and that's for for our audience in WordPress. You you guys have to show your work, you know, because all all we are in this world, web development, social media, content marketing, we are our work, and so our we have to always put our best foot forward. So that's just a really good thing to segue out and point out little nugget right there yeah I, I it drives me nuts when people don't don't practice what they preach and they don't they don't show what they're actually doing like if you're not showing your work just like if you go back to math class or something like that if you're not showing your work then no one knows that you're actually doing that work and you're able to do it well so Jen tell us tell us how you're proving that you know uh, to, to your clients and how people are seeing that stuff on your own website Okay, well, people who come to us through search engines usually say, oh, I typed in the search and you're the first result that came up. And then I looked down the page and you were dominating the page. So I decided I better call you because that's what I want you to do for me. So that's one way. Um, someone else, I was at a party with someone and he said, well, let's just see. And he pulled out his iPhone and he said, I need a blogger. Or I, I'm pretty sure that's what he said. He might have said need someone to blog. but. The word need and blog were in there, and guess what? 
I was first result. And he's like, no way. That's magic. How'd you do that? <laughs> and I said, that's not magic. That's what we do. And so there's that credibility, that social proof, if you will, right. um, that comes. Plus, there's the social proof that comes from people you know who've used our service and have had success or your competitor. Uh, a lot of times people find out who's blogging for a competitor and they'll call us and say, hey, I heard you blog for so-and-so. Are you taking new clients? You know, and, and in some cases we say no. Um, there are a couple of clients who we only want to be their presence in their market. And then there are others where we can use different keywords, we can use different approaches and still have results that we feel are quality results for the client. And, and so then we will. You know, earlier you mentioned about um, writing in the voice of the client. Do you have a questionnaire or anything that the client fills out to get a sense of their persona or what is your we process? Actually what we do, we do interviews in person or on the phone interviews to get to know the person. We read samples of their prior work. If they already had an existing blog, we take on the voice of that blog because we don't want a startling difference for their current viewers. If they have no presence, then we usually, it's a phone call. And then that phone call results in if we need more questions and we'll send emails and we'll, we'll talk back and forth and really get to know our blogging clients um, some of our other we, we offer a bunch of services and the blogging is probably the most personal service we can do because we're liable for what we say and we represent that person their company their values and we need to make sure that their blog is a good reflection on them and so it, it's more than just a piece of paper right so a lot of times there's this big well, not a lot of times. There is this big debate about how much you should share of yourself on your business. So what what do you recommend? I mean, I mean, should they talk about their hobbies, if they golf or if they fish or if they quilt hiking. on the side, hiking? I mean, <laughs> a lot of our well, a lot of who we are, like we all have different hobbies that aren't WordPress, for example, like Predominantly, our audiences are WordPress developers and plug-in shops and that kind of thing, right? So, but we all have different hobbies. So, how much do you think is how important is it for your blog to reflect uh, your pers your personality? I think it's very important because there are two things that are really the selling points for any product or company, and those aren't what you're selling. Um, those two things are who you are. And what you stand for and so letting people know who you are which includes your hobbies your commitments your volunteer work your location is really important because it makes you stand out when they're comparing your service with someone else people really don't shop price they say they do but they don't they shop for who's going to deliver the product they want in the way that they want it and so if who you are is a better fit for them, then they're going to go with you whether or not you're more expensive or you're not quite the uh, product fit. Yeah. They'll work with you on that. Yeah. But they're not going to work with you if they don't like you. And yeah. so who you are, your persona is very important. 
does that mean you need to put selfies of yourself all over your blog? No, <laughs> but it does mean that you need to, uh, one of my clients said, open the kimono, you know, <laughs> just kind of <laughs> let a little more of yourself show. So, um, you can really interest people who might have some of those same interests and who might want to get to know you better. Yeah, because we we forget if we were in an in-person situation, we would ask those questions. You know, what, right. what did you do this? I mean, even on a client call um, this week, they said, "What did you do this weekend? What did you do on New Year's Eve?" Oh, we went down to the cul-de-sac and had a barbecue with all our neighbors or whatever. You know, whatever they did, right? And so, right. We're, even in our business transactions with clients that we haven't seen face-to-face -face, we're still talking about the details of our lives whatever we're comfortable sharing right so um, would you recommend that any one thing sort of um, do you ever think I'm not wording this question right but should there be like a theme like if that hobby can you carry that along with the is that like a running story or what do you think what do you think about that definitely I mean there have been famous writers who are dog owners you know, and they, every time they write, they relate it back to being a dog owner. You know, they bring their pet into the story and that strikes a chord with people and makes them want to read more. Oh, what'd you do this week? Um, there are other ways that you can incorporate, like if you're a, vo if you volunteer a lot, putting that out there gives your clients another way they can connect with you. Not only can they read about what you're doing, but they may decide they want to get involved. And uh, I know that I have a lot of clients who have connected with me personally because of some of the things I'm involved in. You know, they'll watch me on Facebook or see a tweet and then they'll bring it up in conversation later. And so even as your blogger, we're not faceless, you know, we're not faceless. Our personalities still have to be there because they need to be able to relate to us when they're our clients. Right. And, and it's the same way when they're relating to their clients is there has to be some common ground or there's no relationship. And without a relationship, you don't yeah. have any, any reason to be working together. Now, I like, I like what you're saying with that because you could have a company that doesn't do hiking. You know, you're a, uh, let's say that you clean houses for a living or something like that, but your passion is hiking. You could talk about, you know, the fact that you went hiking today and and um, you also went and cleaned a whole bunch of people's houses or, man, my house is a mess because I've been busy doing all of this stuff. And then you can circle back around and be like, oh, and by the way, you know, if, if you're as busy as I am, you could definitely go and hire me and my company to come clean your house, like those sorts of things. So, right. I mean, we've heard this a few times now on the show that, that you don't have to have like... You don't. Your hobbies do not have to be the thing that you do for a living. Like right. You can have a separation of those two things, but you need to find the thing that kind of ties those pieces together. And most of the time, the tying of those pieces, tying those pieces together, is the fact that you and your client are both human, and you both are busy people. You both have families. You both have lives, and one is going to be able to benefit from the other if they were to come in, you know, hire you. So how do you right. how do you find how do you find those things that make it make make those how do you find those things from your client 
that are going to be something that's going to be relatable that you're going to be able to use as a theme or as a thing within your within the blogs that you're going to be writing for them. Well, I have some clients that love to walk on the beach. And so pulling that into their blog is a very natural thing to do. Um, I have other clients who do a lot of charity work or who are runners. Um, as we know more about the person, we can see it from a holistic view and figure out a way to make that work in to what we're blogging about. And usually, you know, if it's a topic related blog uh, in their industry, then sometimes there's a little bit of a stretch there. And so as a team, we kind of play around and think about how can we make this work. Sorry, <laughs> that's my computer. I didn't silence it. Sorry, Jason. Uh -oh. I get a little carried away when I'm writing, and so I need a reminder to tell me what time it is. <laughs> Wait, are you telling me that you're human and you too have these things that you have to, you know, you have to use these things to remind you that there's a world out there and you need to go get off your get off your desk and go actually do something out there? Absolutely, and um, yeah. <laughs> We're just well, gonna be laughing for like a half no, hour. I, I, it's I, funny I, because I, my I, clock just went off, and I was my girlfriend was over here the other day, like total side, and she heard the clock go da 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 da. Oh, never heard and that I go, before. Can you make it happen? She, yeah, she never. She, well, she was like, "Oh my God, your clock made noise," and I said, "Well, I used to do it three minutes." before the hour and then for our show on blab jason would know and then he would go da 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 he goes okay folks that's it for this week but then i put it on the regular time <laughs> and so it went da 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 and your what your thing went it's eight o'clock <laughs> oh man we don't get easily distracted look a squirrel so but here's the thing like i've used that for my own blogging when i go for walks so when I go for walks at the harbor or at the beach, I take pictures to kind of bribe myself to keep moving. <laughs> oh, look, I'll get another shot. Oh, look, I'll get another shot. Because, um, like, I'm not really an exercise nut, if you guys haven't figured that out yet. Um, but, so, but a lot of times the clarity of walking and not being in front of the computer allows my brain – well, everybody's brain. This is why people have shower ideas. Because you're not sitting in front of the computer and then you go, oh, I had this epiphany because your brain gets to just chill out for a second and idle. So sometimes I'll take a picture and then I'll go, I was walking and I realized da 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 And then I use that picture I took as my featured image. And then I could tie that in about how you, how you have clarity and that kind of thing. Sometimes that helps. Just sometimes you can tie it as the basis of, um, like one of the posts I wrote was everything I learned about Twitter chats, I learned at the dog park. So I just had this whole theme going. I don't have a theme for the whole vlog, but sometimes, but I am a sucker for a good analogy. So like sometimes your pets are your hobby, you know, so it's a good way to do it. So do you, do you recommend uh, for, for, somebody who's doing the same type of work that you're doing to become friends with them on all the different social medias, stalk the heck out of them and figure out what it is that they're doing, regardless of the fact that they, you know, they don't want to like, you know, tell you the things that they're involved in or you're just like, man, your product is so boring. I don't know how I'm going to write about this thing, but let's, let's see here. How about you and I can become friends on Facebook 
and then I'll figure out the three or four things that you're actually interested in doing and maybe we'll use that as your voice to be able to then talk about the boring product that they have. Is that what you do? That would be a good approach, but most of those people, if, if your sense is that they're not very interesting, they aren't likely to have social media in place. Yeah. Oh, true. So what do you do okay. then? No, no, you have <laughs> is, it, is it like a dating profile? I mean, is it like... <laughs> I like long walks on the beach. No, and, and the thing yogurt. is, you know, it may be one thing where they, they happen to mention that they have a cabin in the mountains. So then you think, okay, they're kind of a cabin in the mountains type person. And so you sort of develop that persona with what you already know about them. And you know, if you get way off base, they're gonna let you know. But most of the time, I feel I'm a pretty good judge of character and I do most of our interviews. So I think that, you know, it goes pretty well. Um, and a lot of the time our industries are attract the same kind of people. So if we're working with real estate agents, yes, they're gonna have different locations and flavors and um, styles, but they're all, representing the same type of product and so there's a lot of similarities there a lot of charisma there it's very uh i wouldn't say easy but it's easier to tailor their personality based on how they speak and what they find and value uh what what seems to be important to them uh in their interactions with us but also in what we read in their testimonials. We see, you know, you can read reviews on someone and find out that they went the extra mile, hired a cleaning crew, you know, did went above and beyond. And suddenly you're like, wow, this is a person who really extends themselves. Okay, we can write for that person. See what That's I mean? Awesome. Yeah, like no, I you, totally you see what you mean. If somebody's a lawyer and they're hilarious, then that blog better have a funny tone. Right, right. You know, but if they're very analytical, then that blog better have a lot of research and backing behind it. And so you just you fine tune to get the right mix. And sometimes it takes a few posts. Like I, I often tell our clients, I'm like, you know, you may want to preview every blog we write for the first three months, but most clients preview the blog once or twice or not at all, <laughs> and then they're like, no, you guys are doing a great job. Because they hear it from the people who are reading it, and they just say, go with yeah. it. So it really just kind of depends on, on their industry and, and how much scrutiny they want to put into it. Because a lot of them, when by the time they get to us, clients are like, okay, I've tried this. I'm not interested, or I'm doing this because it's an assignment. My coach said I need a blogger, and I want to get the content out there. My website's not ranking. Help me. And so whether it's... Um, a friend, a business coach, uh, their spouse who's like, hey, your dollars need to be up. Let's let's figure out a way to make this happen. I heard marketing and blogging is a new thing. Do it. When people take those first few steps, it gets them closer. And then we take it from there. Nice. So well, we've talked we've talked a ton about your business, the way you approach these sorts of things. Now, can we talk a little bit about about um, somebody who runs a business and they Maybe they don't have any money and they maybe they can't hire somebody like you just yet, but they still want to figure out, you know, do I have a voice? Can I build my voice? Can I get this site going? Can I just sell that t-shirt that I spent six hours designing and, 
an illustrator right. and I'm just trying to sell this one t-shirt. Why isn't this t-shirt selling? Like how, do, how does that person approach blogging? Okay, the first thing they need to do is first of all, they need a platform, right? So whether it's WordPress or Blogger, I mean, we're talking WordPress tonight. Yeah, um, yeah don't but, start saying any bad words on the show. Yeah, sorry about Especially that. Especially Blogger, like I'd go to Medium before I go to Blogger. <laughs> or WordPress.com or LinkedIn Pulse. Right, exactly, there's lots of options. Um, most people though, if they're starting, like you're saying, you know, they wanna sell that T-shirt, they're not gonna go on Medium. They're not going to go on LinkedIn Pulse. They're going <laughs> to set up their own branding somewhere, right? We hope so. <laughs> we hope so. And it may be a Facebook page. Like that's more likely than those other two sources for yep. people to try to sell off of. Um, and that's fine. If that's the way that they want to blog and they're not really that invested in setting up their presence to where they need a WordPress website, which is what I would recommend, whether it's org or com, they, you know, I believe if you're going to, open up a business and you're going to blog about it, you need to own that space. And so it's, it's critical and you want your domain to be custom. So people remember it. You want it to be something cool. Yeah. Um, and, and in lieu of cool, you want it to be something that has your keywords in it, right? Need <laughs> someone to blog. People come directly to me because they type in exact phrase match. Um, they also come to me because they get some of the words in that phrase. So what I would recommend is keyword research, whether you're using Google, uh, Google AdWords planner tool, which is free, um, or something like SpyFu, which is, uh, there's like a free version and then there's a few levels of, uh, you know, paid version that you can do it. Those will, those kinds of tools help you to find the keywords of what people are searching for. And you can look at what, paid advertising people are searching for and what organic searches are coming in at. And by looking at those keywords, you can determine what topics you need to be hitting on your blog to get to your audience. And so as you take that all into account, you're, you're going to have a lot more success. If you just try writing about a shirt that you made that had a print of your dog and you think it's really great and people need to see it, that's not going to have the same kind of success as if you have, uh, if you write a post on custom t-shirt printing and your screen, uh, silk screening business that focuses on pets, including your dog, you know, and, and you yeah. write your post and make it real for you, but you're using the keywords that will help Google and Bing and Yahoo to let people find you. Yeah. Well, plus, if you if you design a shirt, even on the product page, you should have copy, right? Right. So, so the but the blog post could talk about why you came up with this idea. Maybe even the iterative process of originally it was this idea. Like if you think about how um, musicians tell you the story behind the song. Exactly. So the yep. the backstory or the DVD extras is always a good way. Um, to, um, you know, that's the resource that you have at your fingertips. That's the, that's the juicy bits that will help people have insight into your process. And I think that's what will help them trust your process. And plus, T-shirts with, like, funny slogans, it's usually like an inside joke. 
So if you don't understand the joke, you will not buy the t-shirt. Like if there was a t-shirt that said hashtag hi Roy, I, why would I buy that? It makes no sense. But I know Roy Savon and I know that Rachel Carden set up a website called HiRoy.com to say hi to Roy. And that would be funny. But for somebody who doesn't have the context of why that t-shirt is cool, you know, or and or you could like have people post on Instagram and then embed all that, you know. There's yeah. a lot there's a lot of ways you can make it um like accessible because I think that we forget that and I was going to ask you this earlier Jen because like in the roofing industry when I was first in it people didn't want to give up their secret sauce like it's not secret sauce it's mastic okay <laughs> like it's flashing and mastic and uh, you know and maybe clay tiles or overlapping it, this is not that they're all petroleum based products there's not that secret, okay? But if you go to Gaff <laughs> Roofing, you're going to find out how to do it anyway, or John's Manville. But people are like, oh, no, if I write about this, since my competitors will copy me. How much does that attitude uh, inhibit people from blogging? Oh, my gosh. Probably a ton, right? <laughs> it does. It, it's actually – and that's why I think people trust a service more because they feel that we'll protect – those pieces um, from them. And, and sometimes I have to get pretty honest, like you were saying, you know, with some of our clients and just say, look, this isn't a secret. Okay. <laughs> I, I could find this on Wikipedia, <laughs> but, but we can definitely say you have a special treatment and, you know, when they talk to you, you can spin it as your secret. Uh, so that's something that, that we, we can do um, with the blog. And we don't have to spell everything out A, B, C, D uh, and give exact details. It's like when, you know, if you commit a crime, you're not supposed to tell uh, in a blog post everything that you did because then the ABC can come back after you or whatever, you know, and because you've already given them all the information. Um, with the – with secret information – Sounds there may be something. It's not that secret. Yeah, it's it's not it's not really a secret. And and so <laughs> if it's that much of a secret, like if you if you if it's a recipe, okay, and you don't want to give out your formula, right? Your your exact uh, ratios. You can say a handful of this. You you can use other words. Same for whoever tries to do it. No, it's not. And um. It's the same way with most things that we blog about. Even if you gave someone the exact breakdown of how you do something, I tell people all the time exactly what we do <laughs> to create a blog post. Okay, it's no secret. You know, Yoast outlines exactly what you need to do to rank well. If you install that Yoast plugin, follow his tenets, you will be perfect. Um, but the thing is, most people are not going to go through the effort. The readers are not going to go through the effort. The competitors effort. are not going to go through the effort. And so that is how businesses and our clients set themselves apart is they are the ones that go through their process. They make it happen for people. And that is what gets them the returning clients. That is what makes their secret sauce work. 
So you can divulge whatever you want, but unless you can be consistent in producing the same results, it doesn't matter. You know, so it's content. It it lets people who want to dive deeper into what you do have a clear picture of how you do it and it makes them respect you. We have a decent number of people that either watch the show here or are somehow associated with the show that are creators. They're either developers, they're designers, mm -hmm. they're somebody who draws, they're somebody who, who uh, paints, they're somebody, all these different people that they're creators. So they, they have a passion for what they're doing and they spend a lot of time doing it. Um, you know, one of the one of the people that I really look um, like really look up to who does a great job of blogging, and not only blogs about like just life in general, things that he's involved in, stuff that he's doing, whatever, but also somebody who who spends a lot of time drawing and really and painting and and doing these really awesome fine art stuff um, is this guy named Noah Fine Art, um, and he's uh, he's a guy who uh, actually paints a bunch of stuff for Disney. And he's just an amazing, amazing guy. I've met the guy. He's just a phenomenal dude. If you go over to his site and go check out his blog there, you'll see that it's not just like, it's not just, he talks a little bit about politics a little bit. He talks a little bit about this. He talks a little bit about that. He talks about all these different things. But then he gets to a point where he's like, you know what? Like one in particular says life, it requires symbol assembly. You scroll down from there and he has a drawing that he's sitting there with a pencil in his hand and he's literally drawing this thing. And at the very bottom of it, it's like, do you like this for however much it is? Click here to buy now. So that story kind of brought the person all the way. I hate the term squeeze page, but I kid you not. Like this thing just drew this person in, literally drew this person in, and then goes, oh, man, this is awesome. I need to buy this thing because the story sold the product. So right. how, do you, how do you do that for like de like a developer like somebody like like Bridget like when they you know when you guys are developing your products over there you know how do you get a story that's like you know we were thinking about this one day and thought you know what we totally need to be able to collect money for nonprofits and charities and all this sort of stuff and we need to start writing about this uh Bridget what are you guys doing for that wow <laughs> uh I mean, now that you say that, I'm not, I was think, I was wishing sometimes, you know, cause we have agency work, which is no big secret. Uh, and it's definitely not now. Um, <laughs> I, Jason and I say all the time, we wish we had the budget we have for our clients. Yeah. Because I would love to hire a director of photography to sit down with Devin and then Matt and then Jason and tell our origin story of why they started give it's been mentioned in WordCamp talks, but right. to have like a really well-produced video with like their face on the side, just like this, you know how it's like, there's always like a head. It's like in the two thirds, like, sorry, like right there <laughs> where that, where they all, where the grid crosses, it's perfectly aligned and they're, the light is shining on their face. They go, yeah, I was just so tired of, involving gravity forms and stripe or trying to hijack a woocommerce site because really a card has nothing to do with the nonprofits and they really need a donation you know like them to just tell their story in this dreamy like that is my it's funny because because videos are a thing this year oh my god i wish i had the budget for that right <laughs> um but we haven't we have like about us and this is what we did but right. we've not 
you know what? I don't think there's any written content that said why we started Give. And huh. so I'm going to write a post-it note. Um, but yes, I, would I made it to a post-it note, Jen. Did you see that? Just yes. now, I made it to a post-it note. You're always making it to a post-it note, Jason. <laughs> but I mean, we we talked about this last year. Like, why did we do Give, and why did we start it? And you know, we're all into Simon Sinek, who's like my favorite person on this planet. Um, and and your why is important, and people do buy into why you did it. And and it's funny because when I talk to people, especially like at US, because there's such a vast um vast crowd there you know 1800 people or whatever people kept coming up to me and go yeah i wanted to try your plugin but i just use gravity forms and stripe that's like a rerun i just use gravity forms and stripe and i'm like well you don't have any of the donor information and you don't have any to report and yeah i know the guys want it i i don't know that like and so clearly we haven't even communicated that we're we're just some we're not just a button there's like a whole yeah. robust back end, you know? And so, and so we're working on developing our site more to tell that story. But it's just funny because like, when you're building something, and the guys were like, they were frustrated because they were building these nonprofit sites. And then it was just such a, Oh, I'm trying to they not solved, cuss right now. Well, sometimes that, you you just yeah. Mickey Mouse something, right? And it's yep. just not working, and it's, it's fine, but it's just not. It's frustrating. And as a developer, time is money, right? So they're doing these sites for volunteer for agency work, and it was just a total, um, you know, shit show. And so what happens is, like, you know, you're just developing a lot of times. Um, programmers write solutions for problems that they have an itch for. This is something that they were experiencing. Uh, Devin and Matt were experiencing this problem. And so um, this backstory really, it helps you, it helps you because you could go, oh yeah, I work on nonprofit sites. And it's funny because we used to think that nonprofit was just some bizarre niche. Right. But it's not. Almost every single developer I know in the WordPress community volunteers with at least one nonprofit. Yep. And so, they're, they're, and even WordPress itself, as a foundation, announced that they're going to be supporting other nonprofits. And yeah. so, and having more, and, and having more hackathons where we as a community help more nonprofits. But yeah, it's it's funny because you. You get so focused on, okay, I built this product, now we need to fix this, now we need to do this, now we do, you know, the shoes children thing, the chicken egg. And so that's why actually in 2017, that's why we're taking the 30,000 foot view. Uh, we were producing an extraordinary amount of content written and now we want to be more intentional. But so, but so a lot of times we think as business people, um, for us, a plugin shop for you, a web developer. You think you have to have everything all at once, right? So do your website and then focus on one thing in this year. Just build out your content, and then the next year start Twitter, and then the next year add Facebook. Because really, when you start like super focusing in, it's, it's really easy to just get all that foundation, and then you can start building layers and layers and layers. Yep. And I think people get really overwhelmed when they go, oh, my God, I have to do Pinterest, and I have to do Instagram, and I have to blog, and I have to do a website, and now I have to design a T-shirt. I mean, come on, you guys. You're killing me. <laughs> it's not that. It's just like 
you do need content. You need copy. Like we're developing our website more this year with the help of Kevin Hoffman, our newest WordPress engineer. And so we're working on feature pages. So I'm not going to be running blog posts. I'm going to be running copy yep. on web pages. You know, like, so I feel like don't forget that words should be on your actual web property. Yeah. And it's okay to work on those pages and have landing pages. Like, so. So Jen, well, like just before you before you change up real quick, because I, I think you I think you landed on a really cool, a really really interesting topic to this is that Pete, you know, when when Jen's working on somebody's content as a blog, and their blog does not match the horrible content that was written 15 years ago um, that they copied from four different websites because they've never actually rewrote the content, you know, Jen. We, we're talking a lot about blogging here, but the blogging also has to kind of match the supporting content that's there as well. So do you feel that you have to go through and go like, dude, okay, look, I know you wrote this 40 years ago in a book and you copied and pasted it and put it on your website. Um, we should probably rewrite this. So <laughs> put it in the correct voice because again, talking about voices here, how do you right. approach that? I say, well, it looks like you're due for a website update. <laughs> and uh, and you know this is how much it will cost to have me go through your site or yep. have my team go through your site and revise the copy so that we can make sure that you have up to date keywords that are being used and that you're delivering the message you need to deliver to get the clients you want to get. It's always and those authors. People, it's always those authors that have like the back page of the book, and the back page of the book is like you know. He enjoys walking through the forest, and he writes his books about you know sci-fi and technology, and it's this thing that's just been reused over and over again, five thousand times over, with and a twenty-year-old picture. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I, I can I can see you, Jen, going to the person and looking at this and just going like, "This is really great stuff, but it doesn't match the things that you hired me to do." And it feels like we walked into two different websites. Like here's here's right over on this side, all this stuff over here, this is all the clothes that you're selling. And this thing over here, it's like we got a bookstore going on over here and it doesn't match the clothing that we're selling. Like why aren't these two in the same store? I, I, I that's why I'm trying to, I, I'm trying to really emphasize here for folks that uh, are trying to build their website. They went and wrote all this like, you know, very technical copy or very, um, very specific stuff to the the website itself, but they're not explaining how this works and how it's going to tie into the west, rest of the website. Right. And and that, Bridget, that's why I cut you off because no, it was like, was I my, really want to know how this is going to all tie together because it needs to be my, one cohesive package. That was actually my question. I both of you off. <laughs> Go for it. Okay. So you, you asked me before Bridget started talking about how website developers could develop content, right? Okay, yeah. the easiest way, if you have an existing web development company, easiest way is go look at your support tickets. Write about what people yes. are having issues with, okay? And turn those into blog posts because each one of them will at least speak to one of your clients, right? And likelihood is it'll speak to a lot more. Um, when I worked at the newspaper, we used to say that if we hear one complaint on something, it's really 23 people talking about that topic. Yeah. And wow. so we, you know, we'd multiply, okay, well, is this a big problem or a small problem? Either way, we want to address it. And as a web developer, 
definitely something you want to do. Something new rolls out in your industry. You want to be on top of that. You want to be one of the first ones to write about it because if you are, chances are you're going to rank better if you use keywords, you know, and you um, and, and don't use keywords to death. <laughs> For every hundred words, you might want to put in one keyword phrase. And that's why I said, you know, if you're on WordPress, use the Yoast SEO plugin. You want to be able to use that as your guide if you're doing it yourself. Yep. Best advice I could give anyone. Um, if you're having a company do it for you, make sure that when they deliver that content, that that light is green. Install the plugin, even if you hire someone to do it, so that you can make sure they're doing a good job. Um, WordPress has the advantage of having that, and that's part of the reason why WordPress works so well. It is clean code. It does, you know, but there, that is one of the things that's the advantage of being a blogger on that platform. And so take advantage of it. But, um, using your current customers, read through your reviews, see what people who have written about your company are saying, whether it's good or bad, and address those issues too. Uh, if it's something that's really great, then write a post about how much people love you and what, you know, what they're saying about you online. That It's promotional, but it's still content that's worth reading. Tell the story behind the story, like with Give. You know, they help uh, nonprofits find a way to keep all their money, right? So that, that's a story there. But the story behind the story is what nonprofit's using it and what did that nonprofit do with that? Like just recently, didn't you, Dolly Parton? The Dollywood Foundation is using Yeah, Dollywood Foundation. And, and Bridget wrote a story on that. And it was great because it showed how you can use the product in a very real way. Yep. And that's what you want to do as a developer. You want to, and maybe even testimonials of people who you developed a website. Talk about the project. Yeah. Talk about what you did and talk about what made it unique. Right. We and, do that with case studies, and that's perfect for plugin shops yeah. and agencies too. Because, you know, if if you're if you're somebody who, like, a lot of times I. I mean, we shouldn't pick on nonprofits because Give isn't sponsoring the show. But a lot of times, nonprofits like Infusionsoft or Salesforce, and those are tricky integrations. So, say your website agency specializes in in Infusionsoft, that's a real big selling point to a nonprofit or to you know, because every enterprise uh, organization has their darling CM, CRM that they're not going to let go of, right? So, if if that could be the selling point for you as a web development agency. So it's good to to talk about how you did it for this client so, so that can be found. Like, cause it might be that um, they want their enterprise site, but it definitely has to integrate with Salesforce or that's, that's their deal breaker, you know? Yeah, it's almost like, a, if I don't know if you guys have looked at um, like the, I don't know if it's just a me thing or if it's a developer thing or whatever. But um, looking on your iPhone when uh, or an Android phone when the apps update on your phone and you look at the change log to kind of see what was it that changed with why should I update this thing? Um, you know, this also happens in WordPress as well with plugins and stuff. Um, those change logs, especially for companies that are trying to be really smart and really clever, they'll spend time in each one of those little bullet points that's listed there and they'll make a story out of it. Like they're like, oh, well, you know, the princess, 
um, was in a different castle. And so we had to go to this other castle to go find this thing. And then, oh, look, now we have bold text that you can install on your, you know, right in your text. And look, now we now we actually have links that you can do. Like you kind of build this little dumb little narrative because people want to look at this stuff and you're hoping that somebody's going to actually go and read this thing. And if you make it interesting, people will read it. Which kind of brings me back to to what you know what Jen's doing here when it comes to making things interesting. Um, you know how how are um, how are how are these businesses um, reacting to the suggestions that you make, and how do you how do you kind of craft those suggestions so that they'll want to do them? Because you know you want them to do them, and they are just kind of like, well, we're kind of a boring company, and we make pharmaceuticals, and that's all we do. Uh, how, how do you how do you sell that to them? We we personalize it. So we explain to them that it's what their customers need to know, and um, you know, we ask them. It just like with the search engine keywords. You know, we can do research. We can find them from a very technical standpoint. Right. But I always ask people to think about what are your clients searching for. What are your real search terms? Not and what are the ones they're going to say into their phone, right? not the ones that are listed on that Google sheet. Um, and so when you get your clients to realize, oh, I'm writing for real people, then they'll help you find the human side of what they do. Because I'll tell you, every widget worker, every pharmaceutical company has a backstory that's human on how mm -hmm. they get into what they do, why they do it, how they're making the world a better place. Otherwise, they don't have a business. Because it could be their passion project. I mean, if their mom had Alzheimer's, now it's the thing that that's really important to them. And yep. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't know. I I like I, I like the fact that that WordPress, especially when it comes to the various plugins that are being used um, in WordPress, um, really helps the the writer be able to write smoothly, interestingly, distraction free. Um, what are some of the things that you guys are using over at your company to do better for your clients? Other than Yoast. We've talked about Yoast forever. Oh, I'm sorry. Yo yeah. Yoast owes me it, money. It well, I mean, it's just an easy guide for <laughs> the beginner. Yeah. No, but what are the, what are the um, things are you guys using? I mean, distraction-free yeah. writing is built into the thing. You just click the little button. It makes everything expand out, and now you have distraction-free writing. Like, what are the other things that are in there in WordPress that you guys are looking at to, to okay, help? So the distraction free writing thing, I think it's great. We don't use it at my company. Yeah. Okay, we write in Google Docs. Right. Okay. Um, and because we want everything to be easily shared uh, so that not one person, but three people are looking at the content mm -hmm. so that it's being evaluated for, you know, the story, the, um, the keywords, and the grammatical errors. You know, we want everything to be polished and make sense and otherwise it shouldn't be on the blog and so because of that we share our process with each other right and um you know you can't do all the formatting there but you bring it over and you put the formatting in once you're in the post um the images are something also that we kind of crowdsource you know a lot of times we'll choose it depends on the level of the client of course but um we use a lot of stock photos and then we might augment them we might mm -hmm. use them as is it just depends on the post but being able to 
have multiple viewers look at the the actual content um, is very valuable. So I would, you know, if you're working on a team, having something like that. I, I've used other systems where we had a um, it was like a WordPress site where we put all of our content on there and then we just copy it or we push it out to the different sites. And that was good, but every site has its own plugins and its own design yeah. and its own features. So it's not perfect. So I don't really, I think that it's much better if we just have someone who's in charge of putting it on the site. Um, not just that, but Jen, I mean, because we do the same thing. I don't do it for my own self, but BridgetWiller.com is a team of one. But for collaboration, I'm sorry, and you know I love WordPress with all my heart. The editor is not good for I don't give a crap about revision history. We Because we can make comments. We all edit each other. Like, nobody publishes it without another human being reading it. And so we could say, well, I don't know if I like this word robust. What if you use powerful instead as a comment, not just changing it? You know what I'm saying? Yep. And there's no ability to do that right now in the dashboard. So yeah, and we've tried totally to improved, then we load it up there. Yeah, we, we've tried doing it with highlighting and that type of thing, but it just ends up being a mess. It's not worth it. And... Um, you know, but in the dashboard, you do have your, once something's there, you can put it in for review or you can put it in a draft. You don't have to publish immediately. You can set your published date, you know, ahead or back. And, and so all of that's good. Um, I think depending on the site, you know, there are a lot of plugins that help you to share that content. And really, if you write a blog post and you don't promote it, you don't share it on social media, then there was no point. <laughs> because yep. Even um, your, your best post is not going to be seen by search engines if it's not being shared in social media, because Google uses you know, they use Google Plus, as Bridget is always talking about, right? <laughs> they used LinkedIn, they used uh, Twitter and Facebook. All of those are indicators that, wow, you think this is valuable content because you're willing to share it. Other people are liking it or sharing that same post. It must be even better because of the amount of social proof it's getting. Right. And so that helps your post to get value. Plus it brings more traffic to it, which um, a lot of times when people are just starting out, if they have a budget for it, I'll suggest they do Google AdWords for the first three months because it takes time for that organic to start happening, for you yeah. to be able to see traffic coming because of organic results. And so if you're bringing people through AdWords to your site too or through Facebook ads or LinkedIn or Twitter ads, whatever it is that you're doing, if you're bringing traffic in, that's an indicator to search engines that this site is doing really well. People like it. Whether you're paying for it or not, they don't really care. They just want to see that people are coming to it. Right. And so that helps your content that you've just added to your site perform better because during that period of time where you're doing those advertising uh, dollars, you know, you're also showing that your site is worthy. And so when you drop your ads, you're still going to get those returning visitors. You're going to have, in the meantime, built up your audience so that people will come to the site. Uh, well, not, well, not just that, but like going back to the tools, mm -hmm. WordPress has um, the email. 
right you turn on your email you can just literally write it in an email and email it to your site like don't <laughs> forget like because sometimes you have people in the office who you don't want in the dashboard but you want them writing content that's one good way yes the WordPress uh, has an app that works with your self-hosted or .com uh, and you can compose yeah. and publish from the app which works on your iPhone and uh, iPad probably Android too I don't know I don't Android anymore um, but also you can do some fancy things like getting user-generated content from a gravity form that sets it to a um, pending review situation so I mean there's a lot of tools to get the content half the battle is getting somebody to just sit down and write and I know that this happens in nonprofits it happens in the ones that I'm involved in I, I have not written a story or published a story in fact I got rid of the blog on the nonprofit that I work at okay. nobody will give me content I'm like you could text message me something and I will copy it off of iMessage on my computer and put it on the internet. Like I just say, I will put it on the internet. But if you can't get people who are in the field, you know, the boots yeah. on the ground, but I'm like, you could text message me a picture <laughs> with a couple hundred words and that could be a blog post. Yep. But it's so hard to get that content. To yeah, me, well, how does that, how do you overcome that? part like we okay we can know how to publish it we know how to promote it like how do you get somebody to actually give you the grittiness Jen well that's why a lot of times we do the research <laughs> <laughs> like, we, don't even, we don't even consult with them we just <laughs> you know hey, we, we might on. have a topic discussion you know or we might say okay what are the top three areas you want to focus on this year what are the top 15 um, topics that you've thought about and if they give them to us great we'll use them if they don't we see what's trending in their industry and that's what we focus on because we want them to be able to be relevant we don't want to be just rehashing someone else's content we want content specific to our clients that is going to help them set themselves apart and that's that's critical for us um, and it should be critical for you, for your own blog, you know, you shouldn't just say, hmm, I saw so-and-so wrote a post on this, I should write a post on that. No, that's not what it's about. It's what speaks to your heart, what, what is going to speak to your audience that you feel comfortable writing about, that's what you should be focusing on. I was thinking. I was thinking a little bit about about what you were saying earlier um, regarding using Google Docs to do this stuff. You know, mm -hmm. Google Docs actually has a lot of really good features that most people don't even know exist in Google Docs. They just think that this is a Microsoft Word clone. It has bold, italicized, underline, F one through five, and it has or H one through five, H one through five, and then it also has um, you know all, just the basics. In a way of throwing in some images and doing that sort of stuff, but there's actually more to Google Docs that you can do in this as well. One of them, in particular, is you know you have you have these people that use like workflows within within um, within WordPress, where like a co-schedule type thing or some way of kind of you know getting a collaborative effort going on there. 
But if you're, if you're like Jen and you're doing this stuff totally outside of this, you can actually do notifications for very specific things that happen within that document. So oh. for instance, you can go and move your mouse over to the right-hand side and you can click on the little plus sign, a little, the, I forget what the little icon is, mm -hmm. and then type in the person's email address and say a message and hit the send button. And guess what? That person's going to get an email saying, hey, I mentioned you over here. Um, yeah. Go do a thing in this document. And they'll go do the thing in the document and you didn't have to do anything else. Do you, what, what other, do you do any of those types of well, little tricks? And, you know, that made me remember something. It, it's kind of unrelated, kind of related, but Google alerts. Oh yeah. You know, oh, put in yes. your topics or, and your keywords into Google alerts, then anytime there's something related, that gives you a blog post right there because you can piggyback Definitely. on the original article or you can just give your own spin on something that's contemporary. And so that's a great way when you're doing your own blog to keep yourself current and um, really help you to, to stand out as someone who's a thought leader in with our clients. A lot of times we'll do Google alerts on certain terms mm -hmm. for them, uh, but we manage a lot of those. <laughs> and so, you know, it might be that this bloggers in charge of this particular area of expertise. Um, and so they'll manage those, but that's a, a great way. Um, you know, the Google's kind of helped everything out. The other thing um, is you do these hangouts, Jason, I do them two times a week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, it can be transcribed and that practically writes your blog post for you. Yeah. Uh, you know, clean it up and get it out there. I do a podcast once a week and um, I actually write out my thoughts for the podcast. Then I record it. And when I package it on my blog, I use those notes and then kind of fine tune them depending on what I said. Cause sometimes I change what I say when I'm on the podcast and then I can publish not only a blog post, but I've got something I can use in iTunes and, um, you know, on as a podcast. And I also have my YouTube. I just put my album co cover as the image for the video. And suddenly I'm on, you know, my website, I'm on uh, YouTube, and I am on iTunes and Stitcher and all of that. And so it helps um, just kind of spread the word. And, of course, when I'm writing something for a podcast or when you're doing water cooler, those keywords are naturally going to be in that content because that's what your topic is. Yeah. So you're not having to necessarily craft them a certain way. And so that's – that's something I think that Google has really helped people to be able to self-publish um, because of that. So yeah. Hmm. That's another tool. And the other thing is you mentioned co-schedule. There are yeah. lots of tools that help um, orchestrate workflow like that or help you with um, how you're going to use your social media, different plugins that can help you to post that content. And Bridget, you slightly mentioned um, newsletters, email, campaigning, that type of thing. We don't actually use any in-house WordPress tools to do our email. We keep that all separate because that's um, something we need to have a lot of control over. But there are lots of subscription tools built into WordPress, right. whether you're com or .org that will allow you to, every time you post a blog, it automatically goes out to your list, yeah. like your subscribers. And so for your own blog, you need to be taking advantage of that. Oh, for sure. I mean, I use Postmatic 
So everybody subscribed to my blog just gets the whole content in an email and they reply to the email and that's how they comment. I don't need my MailChimp anymore. I actually stopped using MailChimp because I use Postmatic. But I mean, but you could go either way. There's a lot of plugins for constant contact and Webly or Aweber or whatever everybody else uses. Yeah. But what I was saying is you can publish by email. Your there's an email for your website. Right. Right. That We've lets actually you use that make as content. permissions. Yeah. Yeah. When, when we send somebody off on some mission someplace uh, at the church at the church and they want to be able to update their blog, especially if it's like you know a site that we just quickly spun up for them and said, hey, well, here's, a, here's an email address that you can send an email to. And we'll just, we'll, you know, feel free to do, just type up as much as you can, whatever you can. And then, you know, we set it as draft and then it shows up and we have notifications turned on. So we get a notification when a draft happens. The person goes in there and makes the edits and the changes and grammatical errors and just weird stuff that they tried to, yeah. you know, type off of their phone out in the middle of who knows where. Right. And you're able to now have a good blog post that the person themselves wrote and somebody else edited and things just, you know, show up there and just work. So, yeah, I, I love the fact that WordPress has that built in. And it doesn't get used as much as you would, you would think it would. But yeah. it does get used, especially when it comes to, like, I don't have very good bandwidth, but I can definitely send out, you know, yeah. one kilobyte of text. Yeah, like 2G, the 2G situation if you're in Haiti or something. Right, right, yeah. exactly. Or Venice. Or Venice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this summer I was, I was traveling and there were some places that I expected to have internet that I did not. <laughs> so, you know, but I was still able to communicate using the WordPress app. I used that to get on some websites when I needed to. And um, so there... It's so amazing that we have all these options now. I remember yeah. seven, eight years ago trying to manipulate a website on my phone. You know, we were at some party and I found out there was a typo on one of our posts for a very exclusive client. And I was like, I can't have that. And I went out to the car and I'm like trying to manipulate the thing. And I got it to work because it was small, but, um, that's definitely not how you want to be working. No. You want to have the other tools available to be able to change your content whenever you need to. And um, Jason, back to when you talked about that old content, right? If you mm -hmm. have a website that has old content, but your website is ranking okay, chances are that that content, you know, you may have stolen it from other sites, but chances are those other sites have already gone out of business. Right. And mm. so you may actually be the one who has the original content now because nobody else has it anymore. And if that's the case, then you can just augment and change it. And um, one way that I tell people, you know, if you want to know you have original content on your site for your website pages, really simple way without having to have a subscription to Copyscape or anything wow. is just grab a paragraph, throw it into a Google search engine, see what websites come up. If your website comes up first, keep that content on there or modify it. But you know, don't give away the ranking if you're the the first result. Copyscape, can you? Regardless, can you, tell us, you you mentioned that very quickly, and I just googled it. So yeah, come, we're not uh, endorsing plagiarism over here. Just right. for clarity. Yes, yes, yes. But I'm I'm just saying that. I'm, no, I'm just curious. Well, I think for you, you were you were thinking more along the lines of like. 
this this content that you you wrote yourself may show up elsewhere, and you don't want it to now uh, you know um, go against you because it's being used elsewhere, right? Well, what I'm just saying is, if there's existing content on the website, and yeah. uh, you're trying to prove to a client that look, you want you don't want to keep this content because it's not doing anything for you, you can throw one paragraph of it into a search engine and have it appear on 12 websites. And suddenly they'll be like, oh, you know, unless they're the first result. If they're the first result, then you might want to let them keep it. But most times they're not. Um, and so when they realize that they don't have the unique content, they re they're starting to understand part of that process of what it is that you're trying to do for them. And that's to give them something original that they can't, that their readers are not going to be able to find anywhere else. Right. Because that is what is going to set them apart. Bridget, the reason why I, I mentioned Copyscape is I didn't even know what the heck that was. So I, I'm, I'm asking what is that and how could that actually be No, but be she's like, me? if you stole content, but the people you stole it from are out of business. <laughs> you can still use it. And I'm saying, we're not endorsing that. No, I love Jen, them with all Jen's, my heart. We're Jen's not smart. stealing, we're not Jen, stealing content. Yeah, smart. no, no, you no, know? content. But sometimes people oh buy a company, and with that company, they get a website. Right. They don't have the origins. Right. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, they had a writer, a PR person on their staff who wrote that website for them. You don't know the origins. Unless they're the ones who wrote it, you can't say who wrote it. Right. And because of that, I advise business owners to check. If they know they didn't write it, they need to find out who did. Yeah. Uh, so we have eight minutes, and we haven't covered two con controversial subjects. Okay, go. So quick lightning round questions. How long should the post be, and how often should you publish? The post should only be long enough to get the point across. And you need to publish at least once a week. I recommend twice a week because the robots and spiders are checking sites every three to five days. What about refreshing old content? It's a beautiful thing. It's good. You want to do that. Oh, you're good with lightning round. Posting <laughs> on Friday is just fine, right? I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> I said posting on Friday is just fine, right? Posting on Friday works yeah. fantastically in some industries. Especially Friday. industries that are busy on weekends. Oh man, Fridays where content goes to die, slow death. <clears throat> uh, WP Waterproof is now available on Fridays. Just so you know. we, we have moved to Fridays, so tomorrow oh. will actually be on Fridays. No Jason, I'll be watching. Yep. Actually, that <laughs> might work because that's when I have time to watch it. Oh, interesting, huh, Bridget? Yep. Fridays work Friday for you, even crazy. though the content goes to yeah. die. Monday is like my head is in the my I'm in my work full force. Friday starts to slow down. There's some stuff happening, but I can almost never watch it live on Mondays. Right. It's interesting. I, I didn't even think about it from a workflow of the viewers. Yep. Uh -huh. I don't think your content's gonna die on Friday. No, because <laughs> it's evergreen and you can watch it whenever you want. Right. <laughs> and that's the thing about the blog too. You can publish any day of the week. Because the point is, it's on your website. It becomes part of that web property. Right. Yeah. And we forget it's a long game. Yes. Yep. Right. Yep. Anything else we should mention? Uh, don't steal content. 
Yes. Uh, content, in order for your content to rank, it has to be at least 70% original. So you can quote other people, you can refer to other websites, you can link back to other websites, that's all fine, but you're not, do not publish someone else's content on your blog expecting to one rank and expecting nobody to notice. Because <laughs> they will. For that. And you can get a penalty from Google. They don't do it very often, but every once in a while it can come into play. Especially, I've seen this happen where I wrote all this content for this uh, a website and he launched his brand new website. It was gorgeous. And then um, somebody across the world copied his exact website word for word, even his phone number. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so we had to report it to Google and, you know, it got taken down and all of that. But there's no point in doing that, you know, and I've had other people who've called me and said, Jen, what do I do? Someone has my phone number. They took my posts and they took all my contact information because it was in that last paragraph, you know, and I'm like, just take the leads then. You know, if they're going to leave your contact, <laughs> call you. That's funny. Benefit from it. Go, go with it. So, you know, be careful because you don't know what's hidden in that content. A, that could be a surprise for you if you try to steal it. But B, it's the wrong thing to do. Yeah. You know, it's not that illegal, illegal, copyright. Like, copyright. fair use is not taking a big giant chunk. I mean, no. the New York Times has sued people. That's our disclaimer. Thank you so much for like coming yeah. on and explaining yeah. it to us. And obviously, um, it's good to outsource if you can't insource. Um, but I'm sure Jason's going to ask everybody how they can find you. Yeah, I think you know. I if you want to find Jen's uh, stuff, you can go over to needsomeone2blog.com and go check that out. Um, she also does a podcast, as she mentioned earlier, but she didn't mention its name, which is Be Seen Blogging. Uh, you can just do a quick little search in iTunes for that. She's in all sorts of stuff. She uses Libsyn. So if you go over to bseenblogging.libsyn.com, you can go take a look at that. And um, if you want to hire her to do blogging for you because you're lazy or you have a lot of money and you just want to make them uh, crank out the content for you, she'll be happy or, to accept your money. She would really appreciate it. Or, or you want to be consistent, Jason. It's not lazy. It's that you uh, want consistency. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> You do have packages. Where are your, where are your packages? Are your packages on Need Someone Too, or need they're on NeedSomeone2.com because we do more than blogging. Nice. So if you want to have more than blog, then go to NeedSomeone2.com. Awesome. Dot awesome. Com. Well, folks, thank you very much for watching the show today. We really appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out and talking with us. Make sure you go over to our website at wpwarcore.com slash wpblab. You can find all the stuff over there. As I mentioned quickly earlier, we have moved WP Watercooler over to Fridays, so make sure you go take, take a look at that. It's at the exact same time at 11 o'clock Pacific. And um, if you like this particular show, you like everything that's going on here, hit the little thumbs up button. It's very customary. It's the thing that people do on YouTube. Hit the little thumbs up button. And if you really like this content, you want to make sure you're able to get it, hit the subscribe button. And if you really, really like this content and you want to make sure that your phone goes off every single time we hit the record <laughs> button, if you hit that little bell that's right next to the subscribe button, you'll get a notification. Thanks. Folks, thank you very much. Talk to you all later. Bye-bye.